0: This month on Arise Esther, we explore the role of women today in marriage, in ministry, and in the church. I pray the Holy Spirit will lead you as you listen to our Arise Esther guests they share from their personal views. So thanks for listening. These podcasts are sure to enrich you. Welcome to Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, Women who are ready to rise up with courage and faith, like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Don Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who faced trials head-on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. So thank you so much for being with us once again today. I'm Dawn Damon, and you are listening to Arise Esther. I have a wonderful guest for us today on season two of Arise Esther, and I want to introduce her to you. She is the author of 12 Keys for Marriage Success, Priorities for Life and God and Your Closet. Wow, those things go together, right? She is an international speaker, board-certified advanced Christian life and marriage coach, and advanced personality consultant. And her passion is helping women love their lives and love their marriages. She's the founder of The Practical Christian Woman, dedicated to inspiring and encouraging women to reach their potential. And for the last decade, that's what she's been working on. She's a retired military wife, A veteran homeschool mom, 20 year Bible study teacher, and grandma, the most important thing. (laughs) She and her husband, Aaron, have been married for 42 years. They live in East Texas, and you can learn more about her at the end of this podcast. Would you please welcome to Arise Esther, my guest today, Joyce Zook? Hey, Joyce. Hi, Don.
1: This is this is fun. It was you kind of gave me goosebumps reading all that, hearing all that God had done through the
0: years. So <laughs> it's
1: kind of fun every once in a while to hear it from outside yourself in them. Um, <laughs> So thank you. you
0: Yeah, I know how that feels. Sometimes when I'm listening to my introduction that someone's giving, I think, man, I'd like to meet that woman, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because we only see a little piece. And so hearing all the things that God had built up to this, that's pretty cool. So exactly, thank you. you. And God has
0: used you in such amazing ways. And I'm eager to get into that and learn all about it and i'm going to take a guess that today we might talk about marriages since that uh, your latest book 12 keys for marriage success is available and you have an online course that happens so my first question to you is you thought you were a wonderful wife what yeah. happened Somehow you found your husband avoiding you. So what is the story? Well, I tried to tell
1: him how to eat his oatmeal. That was our very first fight 42 years ago. I liked mine thick and he liked his thinner. It was the other way around. I can't really remember which way it was, but, uh, but, but that didn't go over too well. Then I tried to travel him how to drive. Oh yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You know, like you need to turn here and slow down, particularly in San Antonio traffic and um, and so sure, that, that was helpful. Well. That yes, yes, I was just making suggestions. Well, I discovered as I started realizing that he was turning his head away, and his jaw would get very firm, mm-hmm. and he stopped talking to me. That he didn't like my suggestions. Then I was once we got we kept on going with the military. I tried to tell him how long he was supposed to work. Well, most guys. Um, He's a very intelligent man, has many degrees and has raised a, a, a nice a nice um, senior position in the military. He didn't need me telling him how long to work. Um, and so all of those things were just putting this stress between us. And we, you know, we tried to get together and yet, you know, I've been married 30 years and I've been trying to submit to my wife the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: remember standing, our last duty station was in Hawaii. I remember standing in our living room and I... Just got the Edgar Richards book on love and respect. I read the section on respect and what men think it is. And this is where it finally resonated with me. I was not respecting my husband in the way he wanted to be respected. Not the way I thought it meant mm-hmm. because he took all those suggestions as
0: me telling him he was doing it wrong. Oh, wow. So he wasn't hearing you maybe even mothering him or, or trying to protect him. he took it as I'm doing it wrong. I'm a failure. I'm not meeting expectations. That's quite a bit of a different message. That's not what you meant to say is. No, it? No,
1: no, no. And I don't think he thought he was a failure at work, but he was a failure at trying to, trying to be what I needed. And so. um, And I sensed that part that he just didn't seem like I, that I was following him. So. We had, even though I'd been teaching on marriage for years before that and um, had started my coaching certification program, um, he still, we still hadn't gotten to that place where we really understood what that meant. Um, And so since then, I've gotten a lot better at it. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect yet. And sometimes in the book, I often call that nagging um, because Uh that's where the guys hear it. They hear it as a nag. Um, You're trying to tell them what to do. Um, and as a woman, often I can share a suggestion with a girlfriend and she takes it as a suggestion that she can do it or not, or we can talk about it, or she just throws it out the window. But my husband didn't hear it that way. And I found out for most women, that's the case is their husband do not hear what we say, probably because of that close relationship
0: we have. They hear it in a different way. So I know that the book that you're talking about is the Love and Respect book, and he says that women speak through a pink megaphone and men speak through a blue megaphone, obviously pink and blue for the sexes, or or can at the same time here, we hear through a pink megaphone and they hear through a blue one. So w- was it just coming down to... The vocabulary and the way we understand one another, because certainly you weren't using negative terms necessarily. You thought you were being a good wife. How is this not just about a male ego? I mean, we're going to have a lot of women listening to this and they might say, oh, that's just men and dismiss it. What did you learn through that process? Well, that it probably
1: was partially their ego. Okay. Okay, it really is. It's it because the person they want to hear the most and the person they want to admire them, the person that they want to think that they're providing well for them, that they make they can fulfill their God given role as leaders and that they can do that. Well, the person that they trust is them. That's what they want to know from us and. Somehow, I don't really. I can't really explain why our suggestions, I have learned the appropriate time to say suggestions. It's not when we're standing in the middle of the living room trying to decide where to go, or what we're going to do that evening. It's usually when we've had dinner and we relaxed and we can have a nice conversation. Another place we can have great conversations is in the car, um, because we both relax and but trying. And that's when I can bring up those things and then we discuss them sort of like we're at a board meeting instead of me telling them what I think it's, you know, I think about it this way. And that's very different than saying mm-hmm. you ought to do it this way, mm-hmm. you know, cause that comes across, you're doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's so part of its wording, part of it, the time and space that we say it, where we say it. And, um, and part of it was just was me stepping back and realizing by that point, we'd been married 30 years. This man was extremely intelligent, held, um, he was, he was, he was able to do tons of things out in the world and in the military community and in the church. And he'd had all these awards and certifications and degrees. And here I thought I needed to tell him what to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that it was an attitude partially on my part.
0: Um, I guess is really part of it too, was my attitude, um, mm-hmm. We'll say more about that. Did you have a a negative attitude? I mean, you you know, there's so many scriptures that are going through my mind right now. One of them is, you know, a prophet is without honor, except in his own home, or he is without honor in his own home or his own hometown. Is it that classic scenario of, of individuals can be celebrated by the masses, but at home where they're really known, or maybe where they're really familiar, we don't see them as these great individuals, or, or maybe subconsciously, someone in the home thinks, well, I just need to help you keep your feet on the ground, the whole world can think you're all that, but I know the real you. What is the attitude is, is there, um, is there a sense of in, in this marriage that we just almost know each other too well, and we take each other for granted? Or what did you discover? I discovered
1: actually it's a spiritual principle that when two people get married, we become one. Uh And so actually the closest person to him, the very closest person next to him besides God, and it's actually part of him, and he considers that we're together. And it's really the same goes in reverse when he says something critical to me, which he doesn't anymore, um, um, unless I've said it first. (laughs) If I say it first, I might get something back, Um, but, um, (laughs)
0: um,
1: but that's the person we rely on to. So it's kind of like criticizing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It it digs a deeper hole. Mm -hmm. Um, Your friend can say it. You've noticed this. Maybe your husband's mentioned something to you and you might just brush it off. But then if your girlfriend says it too, and then you end up hearing it in a Bible study, you go my God, I guess I should be doing that. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we brush it off. And sometimes we take it extremely personally, Mm -hmm. because we have become so interconnected, which is what the Bible says happens, we become one person, Mm -hmm. Um, not one, but one marriage, Um, which is two individuals equal before God, but different. Um, And that's where I really had to come to that it was also going back to that word respect in Ephesians chapter five, mm-hmm. about what did it mean to honor my husband? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought in the military, I'd say, well, if the general walked in the room, you immediately pop out of your seat, stand up. Doesn't care whether you know him or not, didn't know whether you're coming in, you stand up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, learned how to do that as military wife, you pop up. Um, you know, or if a yeah. senator walks in the room, or sometimes um, you know people stand when the president enters, you see that on TV. Um, although it's not always entering a room now, but we did after, before COVID, that that concept of honoring that person, Mm -hmm. whether you agreed with them or not,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is part of what respect means. It doesn't mean we can't discuss things. And I talk about some really great ways in the book of how to have these conversations where we're not fighting and arguing with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's different than just yelling at him what you want or trying to tell him what to do or telling him he's not doing it right. He can't load the dishwasher. He doesn't know how to wash the kids. He never folds the towels. Right. Um, what else he can't drive. That was one of mine. Um,
0: you know, and that's what they're hearing when we're making these suggestions. Um, Right. Well, you know, I think I want to go back to your story just for a moment, because (laughs) it took you 30 years, maybe to kind of have that (laughs) aha moment. I'm sure you had, I'm sure you were successful. You wouldn't have made it 30 years before that. But, you know, relationships are challenging. And so often, and I know this as being in the ministry for years, that marriage counseling is something that's really imperative, especially for young couples getting ready to get married. We do so much to plan for the day, the wedding, thousands of dollars, months preparing for the right dress and changing the way that we eat and losing weight and getting our hair done and all the things for a day. And yet we spend such little time preparing for a relationship that's gonna supposedly last the rest of our adult life. And so say a little bit about your testimony. You were married for 30 years. You were having these, these relational and communication and maybe the lack of conflict resolution. And at some point you had to be depressed. You had to be angry. You had to say, you know what, I I want out. This is not working. I know that happened for me in my my marriage. What t- Tell us a little bit about your story. Um,
1: I had a, I had a really abusive marriage before I met my husband 42 years ago. And that was a, not a Christian marriage. It full of abuse and, and, and infidelity mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, when I met my husband, the thing that, that really drew me to him was he said he w- words that he wanted a relationship that was committed for life. And uh, that word commitment was big to me because I had not had that in my first marriage. Um, back this, he handed me the book, open marriage soon after we got married and said, this is what he wanted. If you want to go back and look that up folks, it's a really old book now, but it was one that said, just have sex wherever you want to have it. Um, so I did not want that kind of relationship a year after we got married, I was watching Christian TV and prayed with a televangelist and got saved while watching TV. A lot of people say that can't happen because they're just television, but it does. I am an example of it. So I we started off in our marriage, um, then wanting to learn what did a Christian marriage mean. And so I learned all kinds of things about what God wanted, how to express love, the role between a husband and wife. And I gotten very good at not nagging. But the reason it took so long, I think, was I didn't conceive of what um what suggestions meant was probably the biggest thing. Um, because I'm an intelligent woman too, I've got my own degrees and everything. Um and but I didn't understand that one little aspect of it. Um, so yes, probably the biggest thing we had to learn to do was forgive. But there was a time you wanted to know when I hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. We've been married about—I'm slow with this stuff—probably um, almost about fifteen years. And I could tell you where we worked because we moved around with the military so many times. But we were living—we were living in Kansas um, uh, at the time. And um, just offside the, off the Mississippi, just west of the Mississippi River. And um, we were getting, we had started a small business, um, a um, pyramid kind of thing. And, and I didn't, I, I was really frustrated because they wouldn't let us use computers yet to do, to do the finances. And I can't, my numbers get transposed and I can think I'm writing 100 and I'm writing 10,000. Um, or I think I'm writing 10,000. I'm writing a hundred. I mean, you know, anyway, so, but he, so I was supposed to do it all by hand and I couldn't do it right. And then we were supposed to use the product and it just made me so mad what was happening that I literally took off my wedding ring, threw it across the floor, walked out the door, climbed in the car and drove to the other side over the Mississippi river. I kind of thought of the driving over. Maybe I could just jump. No, there's all kinds. I don't want to do that. So I just pulled over to the other side, got out. was place to park over there and just sat there and thought about it. I said, you know what? We got so many good things going that I don't think I've really expressed my true pain and hurt. All I had done was attacking with what I didn't like about this. Mm. I you're not, you won't let me do this. It won't let me do this. Can't. But when I when when I decided to go back and share how frustrated I was how how much I was getting, as you said, depressed, upset, angry. Um, then we had those conversation, and and the cool thing was, then the Lord spoke to him about it too. Um, but that was I don't know well, that was before or after I said what I had what God had me say. But that's a so a lot of it over and over again has become forgiveness. We're both human. I remember another time um, where we were living in in Texas at the time. And um, my husband said something that was very impolite and rude first thing in the morning before I left for work. And I I didn't, I don't even remember what it was, but I was driving into Bible study. And I I think I was teaching at that time and I was telling God all about it and how, you know, it wasn't there. And he said, but Joyce, remember all have sinned. That includes your husband. Don't put him on a pedestal. And so even though I admired this man and all he was doing, I had to realize he was human. He was going to make mistakes. I wasn't the only
0: one making mistakes, which was a good thing to remember, too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because you've said some really important things. Words stick out to me. And so forgiveness, obviously, is such an important element in a relationship Well, you really can't go deep. You can't have a relationship if you're not giving and receiving forgiveness on a regular basis. But also, you said attacking. I think that's an important word to remember because sometimes we as individuals don't hear the way perhaps we're interacting with someone. Now, two things can be true. One, I can be attacking, maybe it is true, but maybe the other person has some triggers and has some wounds and some areas in their own life where they're experiencing that and for that then they need revelation and some healing from god because i've been in relationship management and helped coach people in things and i recognize that that it works really well when god's word is operating with this mutual respect and mutual submission and mutual love not just one doing all the love and one doing all the respect but that it's flowing together right That's so true, except
1: I'm going to make one exception to that. Yes. That's beautiful when that happens. Most of the time when I've worked with women, I I don't work with couples. I work with women. The guys won't read the marriage book. They don't think they have a marriage problem. They don't want to talk about it. They don't think anything's wrong. And if they do think something's wrong, they think it's all her fault and she needs to fix it. Mm. Or if they go to marriage counseling, they each are sharing their... They're hurts and pains, so they're just throwing jabs at each other. What I've tried to do with my book and the way I teach and work with women is show the Bible says, do unto others as we have them do unto us. When we take that and apply that in marriage, that means the ball has to start somewhere. The change has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the only person we can really change is ourselves. Just draw a little circle around yourself. That's the only person you can change. But when we start to figure out what it is, it's like taking that log out of our eyes, as God says, instead of a little speck trying to get it out of theirs. And and I'm not saying we're wrong, but there's little things we can do that can drastically change our mindset, change our attitude, change who we're looking for, for our our sustenance, our reassurance, our affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from that, how do we talk to our husband's? talk about things not attack them about things or Mm -hmm. try to accuse them of things and a lot of that i found with women comes in we don't really know what we want we just know what we don't want Mm. we haven't taken time to figure out what we want Mm -hmm. so sometimes i i tell it's like it's like coming to a business meeting and um um, and and yes in, in 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 a biblical household, the man is the head of the household and the woman is the is the follower. But she is right up there. I call it like the president the vice president. or in the military, you have the, the person that's in charge and the person that's right underneath them is actually the one that makes all the decisions and makes all the plans, which that's really cool because mm-hmm. that means as wife, we can say, this is my problem. This is how I suggest that we solve it. I also think that this might be another option. And then the great question: What do you think, honey? What do you think? I haven't talked to him. I haven't told him he's doing it wrong. I've said what I want to do, where what I want to how. Wow! Well, and I've given him an option. And you know, and then then you can talk about it like you would in a boardroom or in a business room. But we've got this awesome opportunity to to make all kinds of decisions. That when we start to think about the word ugly word submission, which I call do it his way. Um, we we want to back up and we say, I'm not going to do that. But so many times we haven't figured out how to ask for what we want or how to give them what they want. And we can have what we want. It's not that it's not that that's probably one of the big things when you say, how did I make it 30 years? Because I've been in an abusive marriage. My mom was the head of our family. That was probably the first thing I figured out that was how to do it. My husband's way. Without losing my identity and my self-esteem.
0: yeah, I think that's critically important because um I, I, I've come through some of the things that you're talking about too, in some of the abuses of marriage when it's not working, and when men just feel like they have a license to, you know, tromp all over every woman. and when in 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 a patriarchal society, sometimes the church, can portray maybe not meaning to but it was like we have every man has authority over a woman and that's not that's not how i see it from where i sit so sometimes it, these can be scary concepts i like what you're saying though because you're saying draw a circle around myself here's what i have control over and ultimately i serve god and so let me talk to god about how he wants me to speak to shine to engage in his word and, you know, evolve into the person that he wants me to be. I mean, and ultimately we, we, we start with God and that's the priority. Say more about that because you said, um, and I don't know, do you address this and the 12 keys for marriage success for women? You talk to women about starting with herself
1: The very, very, yes, the very, very beginning, even the introduction talks about the fact we can't change him. And what happens is as we change ourselves and we start to become more of the woman God wants us to be over and over and over again, the guys see the changes and then they have to respond differently. I talk about it this way. Say two people are on the dance floor and we're out here. It's a slow dance because we never learned how to do anything else. So we're just slow dancing and it's all nice and lovey-dovey. And then you decide you're thirsty. Okay, so you go over here and get a drink. Now he slept in the middle of the dance floor. He can go join his friends who are over there. He can stand in the middle of the dance floor, or he could follow you over and go get something to drink, or just go follow you because he wants to be with you. That's what happens when we make a change. We set up the atmosphere around us that they will respond differently to our changes. That comes from first Peter chapter three, where we word win them over with our actions and not with our words. Mm-hmm. And so that's the very beginning. And so the first things we talk about, first key is to stick like glue, and that's to make God number one Mm -hmm. and make that commitment to work on it and work it out, figure out how you're going to make it work on it. Mm -hmm. And we also then talk about about letting God direct your marriage, which just means you need to be studying the word. You need to be fellowshipping with other believers. You need to be praying and developing that personal relationship with the Lord. Also talk then about taking care of yourself and giving your best because so many times women give everything to everybody else because yes. they think that they don't ever take care of themselves. Yes. So it's it kind of it builds step by step, but it starts with making a commitment and putting God first.
0: Mm-hmm. And so when someone connects with you, this is um, not only a book that you've written, but you do an online course with this material. I am
1: so excited to get this together, Don. I have wanted to do this for years and years and years, and uh, I got COVID, gave me the opportunity to connect with the people that could edit the videos and and to uh, get the course written up and find someone that could actually build the course for me because I mm. I found that the technology was more than I wanted to learn. I probably could have, but I didn't want to do it. And so, yes, I have uh, as of the first of April, uh, 2021, we have 12 keys for married success online available. Um, if you go to my website, it's right there on the, on the front page, or you can click up on married success, but it has 12 teaching videos. Each one I'm teaching in it on one of the 12 keys, each one's about 15 to 20 minutes long, plus about a three to five page study guide that goes with it. And, um, and so you can do that um, by yourself, or you could do it in a group. Um, I have told people, and I, people have done this recently, wanted to order books, um, if you go to, they're available, um, on Amazon, you can follow the link from my website or go to Amazon. But if you want more than one book, please contact me at Joyce, uh, Joyce at joyce.com. Um, or we'll put it up here someplace, but, um,
0: here we will.
1: because I will give a discount, even if, even for five books, we will definitely discount the shipping price. Cause it goes way down when you're ordering a bundle of books instead of the awesome prices that the post office have raised their prices up to now to get things. But if the more books you order, the more, the discount. So, so, and you can download the videos uh, and show them to a group. Um, oh, wonderful. So that, and download the study guides. Um, I'm not one right now that's going to keep it proprietary. I want more people to have access to it. Access to it. And so um Uh, The study guide is that the leader's guide is coming, but you can always just go through and ask the questions from the study guide to your small group until I get that leader's guide up. It's down there in the basket with some edits on it.
0: (laughs) All right. It's going to be soon. soon. So what's going to be the biggest takeaway? What are you hearing from the women? What, What do you think if she takes this course, is she going to gain from it? What's the hope?
1: The hope is she will, the passion will return to their marriage. She'll she'll love herself. She'll find out that she's an awesome person and that she has, she can be the, the, um, the, in the initiator of things. She can bring back that fun, um, how to get that romantic and how to talk so they can solve some of their problems. Some of the gals have said, we were yelling all the time. I thought I might have to leave. Somebody else has said, somebody else said he couldn't stand because I was nagging. He thought, you know, um, Somebody else just said he walked out the door. And what do we do now? I mean, you know, so people have been able to put their marriages back together. And but if you've been married a long time, you go, I talked with a gal that been married 50 years. She said, you know what? We'd stop dating each other. Mm-hmm. She said, I figured out we had a doctor's appointment in the next close big city because we're kind of out in the country. She said, so I figured out with that doctor's visit, we could go to a museum in town we hadn't seen and we could go out to lunch. And we made it into a date. So it doesn't matter whether you're getting married, people that haven't been married yet, people that are just getting married, you'll figure out how you can interact with your husband. Now, if couples want to do it together, it's a great—I would call it a date—a date study. Um, I use—I got the book here, but I usually suggest that people would read it themselves, the wives read it, and then ask your husband because there's study questions at the end of each. Is this what you want? What do you think about this? because this is what I believe the Lord shared with me with, with scriptures, but it's all, I mean, what does he think? One of the questions here is, is, um, how could you fulfill your husband's desires as a help me? But one of the questions you might ask me is, well, hon, what do you think a help meet is? What do you want me doing? Mm-hmm. And, um, because, and make sure he keeps it short. <laughs> one gal <guy> asked <laughs> her husband and he gave her a long, long list and that wasn't too helpful. But, um, I asked my husband that and he wanted the toy. He didn't want to trip over toys. When he came in the house, he wanted food. He wanted for dinner and um, he wanted to wear, wear clean clothes. I go, Oh, I could do that. I thought he was going to want something big, you know, <laughs> but I could do that. So we start out with the basics and, and you, and, and over and over, um, I've actually had Galton when I taught it as a Bible study in a, in a, a military based women's ministry. For, um, the gals came up and told me, this is the only study I've ever done, 10, 15 years of study, that my husband wanted to know what I was studying. Oh. Why? Because their lives were changing. Their marriages were changing. And it's going, what's happened? I mm. teach you how to not nag, but how to ask for what you want. Mm. That's a big deal.
0: That's a big deal to find... You know, the key that goes into the lock that works, that opens up instead of being like what the cartoon used to be like the lock horns instead of butting heads to be able to have open spirits and come together and connect and um, God bless you in the work that you're doing. Tell us again, and I will put it in the show notes. Hey, Joyce, can you hold up that book one more time so they can see it in the video? And then tell us again how we can find you. Beautiful cover. Okay, thank you. Um, you can find me easily at JoyceZook.com. Let me just spell
1: that out for you. It's J-O-Y-C-E. Then the last letter of the alphabet, Z-O-O-K. It's like book, but with a Z, like, the, like zoo, but with a K. So you find fine. Uh You can email me at, at Joyce at JoyceSook.com. You can find the book there. You can also find the course there, the link to the course. And um, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love people to be able to use it more and more because I have seen it changing hundreds of lives as I've mm-hmm. been able to share it and teach mm-hmm. it. So um, mm-hmm. I'm excited that when people tell me how God has used the words he gave me. It's full of tons of stories too about our marriage and the things the things I learned through the through the 40 plus years. And um, and so it's fun. I love it. (laughs) Of course I wrote it, but that is me. But I love it because other people love it. It changes lives and that it changes marriages. So that's what I
0: like. Absolutely. And that's why you're passionate about what you do. That's why I'm passionate about what I do because I see the transformation, and that's what it's all about. People being set free coming out of the the bondage really the suffering the hurt the woundedness and coming into god's best for their lives so thank you for being a modern esther and for <laughs> taking a stand in a in a an arena that's not real popular to have a message like what you have today and for standing on those principles any last word of hope to someone who might be listening you can do it yeah. yeah. Even if he
1: doesn't think there's a problem and he doesn't want to have anything to do with marriage books and he doesn't want to have anything to do, even thinks you have a problem, you can start the change. You and God together can start the change. And you'd be surprised how that transformation changes. It's like a marriage, you got God at the top of you down here. The closer you get to God, you'll just see that transformation keep coming. And it's fun. It's fun to see your marriage and your love, the passion,
0: all come back. Amen. Well said. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in today. And we can't wait to see you. I have a question for you, modern day Esther. Is this your moment to arise? I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit AriseEsther.Captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on thearisemovement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And while you're there, take the 60-day freedom challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.